Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are about dishing about healthier grilling. But first, a little catch up. Gina, what's what's new? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. You know, not a whole lot is new. You know, obviously the kids are, I, I talked about how the kids went back to, well, I don't want to call it daycare. It's more like summer school. And that's going really, really well. So I'm excited about that. We have decided to start marriage counseling again. So they're doing some tele-counseling sessions now and I get seven free per year. So I was just like, it would be dumb not to take advantage of it. So I'm excited to start that up again. I, we found a, a guy um, a, a few months ago. Nick never came with me. He came to me with me for a few th- with the person we had before. But this guy I found, Nick never was able to come to a session with me because he was always working. So now that it's tele um, care, their hours are different. So we can actually do it after six o'clock, which is great. So I'm excited to start that up again. Uh, yeah, not, not really much getting ready to go on vacation. And is so Nick, that's Nick's good. Not, Nick's good with marriage counseling. No, no, no he definitely doesn't want to do it, but <laughs> of course not. But is he going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And he'll, he'll do it and he'll, he won't be sulky during it. He will be in very good spirits. He, he will cheer up and, um, take it like a champ. He'll, he'll be ITCH about it the whole way until, you know, until we press start and log in. But he'll be fine during the session. Yeah. So <laughs> is that how Mark is? Um, we haven't gone in a while because of okay. COVID. Um, uh-huh. but no, I would say we knew we needed it, right? So it was it was mutual that we were yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, nobody's like, yay, it's counseling today, <laughs> you know, like, but you're never it's like a workout, you know, like I mean, the hardest part right. is getting started and, and you're never yeah. regret like getting it yes. done. And it always feels good. Yeah. I kind of enjoy it. It's like a, it's just a good hour conversation with my husband, basically. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy it, really. I think he does, too, secretly. <laughs> he um, does. But yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so, yeah, going, getting ready to go on vacation, realizing how many things it, it's just I need a vacation from some, some seriously from packing and getting ready for vacation. It's, it's going to be a great vacation because literally packing and getting ready to go on a week long vacation is just so much work. It's so much work. I just think about who's going to get our mail, who's going to mow our lawn, who's going to empty our dehumidifiers. I mean, it's ridiculous, the, the things I think about. But so, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> what so about funny. you? What's new? <laughs> okay, question. Since Shay and Piper uh-huh. are relatively the same age, has... Pa- wait, wait. wait. I mean, I, my It's 8 p.m. and my brain is mushy. Okay. <laughs> Shay and Paige are roughly yes. the same age. Yeah. Would you say that Paige has gained a lot of independence as she's neared six? Mm. So I feel like they are very different people. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's hard for me to say that. She's definitely more independent, but she's still not able to like play on her own. She always needs me to give her something to do to stay busy, but I can send her off to do something. Yes. The answer is yes. When I'm really thinking about this, definitely yes. Yes. Okay, maybe independent is the the right word. So here's okay. here's kind of the situation. So Shay right. will be six in October, and lately she has just been disappearing to her room, 
door oh. shut and I'm almost like, is she okay? Like, is she sad? Oh. Like, is something like, like my mom radar is just like, rawr, 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 you know, and I go in there and I'm like, hey, is everything okay? She's like, yep, I'm just playing with my babies. I'm like, Aww. okay, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. Bye. And like, I just like <laughs> close the door and I'm like, I feel like I'm having like flash forwards to like teenage years when yeah. she wants nothing to do with me. Um, and my mom's like, Nicole, this is a beautiful thing. Enjoy it. And that's, yeah. I, I'm not, not enjoying it. I think my, my mom heart just wants to be sure that she's okay. I'm like, is everything going up? Okay. At school. Like, is there something, I, I just don't want to miss anything, I guess. No, um, I think it's normal. Okay. Paige will tell me she needs alone time, which she's never said before. I need alone time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well then meanwhile, so that's Shay. And then okay. Piper is, oh my God, the, the mm-hmm. kid just cracks me up. So we're out <laughs> hiking this past weekend and to two different people, she goes, um, hi, Kai, can I pet your dog? They say yes. And she pets the dog and she goes, I have a dog at home. Her name is Harley and I have a dog named Lily, but she's in heaven. Aww. Isn't that the sweetest? Like that is so that sweet. exact story to two perfect. I mean, she's the most friendly little thing. And then she'll beep up in a room and she'll go, hey, mom, it's me, Piper. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> like <laughs> you came oh slip sliding out of a very dark place in my body. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> I mean, just like what? I don't know where oh she comes gosh. up with this stuff. I was talking to a neighbor today after work and she was in her like little Tesla car. Um, and that has a frunk, a front trunk. And she's literally just like popped her booty in this thing. And she's just like dangling her legs over like the hood of the car. And I bet I talked to the neighbor for 30, 40 minutes and she just sat there just dangling her legs, just playing with dirt. I mean, she is just Aww. the funniest thing. I, I just I'm I love three. I know I've said it before. Most people <laughs> hate three. Mm. I just love it. I am soaking up these last few months of three because she is a yeah. lot of fun right now. Um, and I am days away from my blog renovation. Reno, oh, I can't wait. Reno update. I don't know, but it looks so good. I'm oh, so I can't excited. Wait. Um, yeah. So anyway. Okay. Um, okay. So before we dig in today, I uh, just want to ask our listeners, it would mean the world if you enjoy our podcast, if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are everything to us. They help others reach our show. And in these stupid post-COVID times, COVID times, less commuters, less listeners, we need all your love and support. So Give us uh, some words of affirmation on iTunes. (laughs) Amen. Um, That is my love language. Um, (laughs) All right. So jumping in, we wanted to talk about grilling. Um, We know or many have heard that there's some possible health risks associated with cooking uh, meat, specifically at very high temperatures. And so want to just kind of talk through and unpack some of this. So just kind of statistically speaking, about 75% of adults, uh, American adults, own a grill, which isn't overly surprising to me, but that's a lot more than, say, an Instant Pot or a deep fryer or air fryer. You know, grills are very popular anyway, uh, with 63% using it year round. Uh, many under the assumption that grilling is a healthy way to cook. And it is if you use the right cooking techniques uh, to keep food safe. So today's episode, we really want to focus on grilling uh, where food is placed directly above or on the heat source, whether that's charcoal or wood or propane. Um, And so the temperatures we're going to talk about in today's episode are right at, you know, about 450 degrees or higher um, and therefore require less cooking time. So this type of cooking also creates that sear or char that is kind of 
quintessential uh, grilling, if you will. So Gina, curious, when you guys grill, what kind of temperatures does your grill just kind of like go bananas and reach really high temperatures? Mm, I am not the right person to ask. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it gets, I see a fire. So yeah, <laughs> I would uh, say it's pretty darn hot. <laughs> oh, d- does Nick do all of your grilling? Yeah, I don't grill. Oh, yeah, really? I know. I'll put the recipe together. Like I will put everything together and then hand it to him and say, put it on the grill. Yes. Okay. Well, I just, yeah. I personally, I think I've always done the grilling, but we've always owned grills that tend to go from like zero to 600 pretty readily. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the trick being that you want it hot, obviously that 450, maybe even 500 degrees, but probably 600 is a little too hot. So just kind of some, some ballpark, uh, ranges there on temperature. But research uh, definitely supports moderate consumption of grilled meat, poultry, and fish that isn't charred um, and is prepared to a safe temperature. And that's an internal temperature. We won't go into that in great detail, Mm -hmm. but you can certainly Google it. And that's more for um, like foodborne illness prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, But charring is defined as partially burning a food or to blacken the surface. And with that, and this is where um, you're last episode comes in, but proteins become charred by overcooking uh, the use of that high heat for an extended period of time or from a flare up caused from like the drippings of the protein falling directly into the heat source or some type of uh, fat, maybe like a marinade or just like fat melting basically. Um, So reducing flare ups, Uh, exposing protein rich meat, uh, poultry and fish to high heat and open flames creates heterocyclic amines, uh, mm-hmm. which we'll just call HCAs uh, from here on out. <laughs> and when fat drips and burns on the grill, it results in that smoke uh, that contains polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, <laughs> blah, 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 which are called PHAs. But if you do any type of research on grilling and the health associated or the health demise, perhaps the HCAs and the PHAs, those two terms pop up all over the place. Um, so these two groups of chemicals have been linked to various types of cancer and specifically pancreatic cancer risk, Mm -hmm. um, increasing it by upwards of 60%. I mean, that's, that's noteworthy. I mean, we want to reduce these in our foods. Um, which doesn't mean, I think it's, I think it's important to say like, if your if your chances now are 1%, it doesn't mean your chances. If you eat a lot of, you know, burned meat is 61%. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's important to note that it's, you, you multiply 0.01% by 0.06%. So anyway, I I don't want to be, I just don't want you to think that if your chances are 1% to get pancreatic cancer, if you eat, you're going to be, yeah. You're 61%. That's not how it works. So anyway, okay. Or six of your 10 friends who enjoy grilling. Yeah, it's not going to. You won't be like the infographic, Um, but we still want to reduce them. Um, Pancreatic cancer is bad and these can be avoidable. We'll go over some tips. So um, high CH high HCA consumption uh, from well-done food sources such as beef, pork, chicken, and fish. It raises an individual's risk of stomach cancer, colorectal, pancreatic, and breast cancers three times higher than that of someone who consumes rare or medium rare cuts. So I'm curious, Yes, Gina, my favorite. Okay. That was my question. <laughs> yeah. So you do like rare meat. Yes. And well, I don't do rare. Okay. So it depends. So steak, I like to have it medium rare. Burgers, I like to have medium. Okay. So I guess that's not really rare, but I, I, I like to see a little bit of pink so okay. it's in between medium rare and, and medium, I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am not that way. So <laughs> yes, um, I'm healthier. <laughs> I, this, this episode probably is yeah one. I do the grilling and two, I like my meat um, well done. I don't know. To, yeah. To so me, it's Nick. just a texture thing. Oh, he does. 
Yes, he does. And I, so we, are, yes, we always fight over it. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you take mine off first. I don't want mine, you know, burnt to a crisp. I don't want jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because we, okay, I have to tell this story real quick. So last night we're grilling sirloins and our grill, we've been in this house eight years. It's built in. So it's been there. And, um, I realize the irony of what I'm about to say, followed by the 10 tips um, to reduce carcinogenic <laughs> compounds um, in your grilled uh, dinners or lunch, grilled products. Anyway, so yeah, here's the irony. Um, so took the meat, took the steaks off the grill, and I realized that they were not, they were very, very medium. I needed a bit more. And so I go to relight the grill and I can't get it relit. Mark can't get it relit. I'm like, what is going on? So today I'm at work. I get this text from him. He says he got two bags, like two grocery size bags of junk out of the bottom of our grill. <gasps> Ew. <laughs> it's like you guys should be on Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so gross. I mean, yeah, I, gross. I thought the grates were like stuck. Like I didn't realize that they came off. Like I haven't oh. ever looked that closely, but apparently they do. He said it wasn't exactly easy to get them off, but um yeah, so I'm guessing it's going to light on. now. <laughs> <laughs> They're burnt on. So gross. Okay. Um I don't know that I've ever fed anyone anything grilled at least in a long time from my house, so um yeah, I guess I I now have a clean grill. Um okay, so I've got 10 tips here on how to reduce these carcinogenic compounds. So number 1, Use lean meats and trim visible fat. I know this is not always a popular one, but you can mm. choose cuts such as like loin or round uh, cuts that are choice or select um, and grades of beef that are prime. I know, Gina, you talked in our Healthier in a Hurry about really liking like pork tenderloin. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that's a great one to grill. Flank steak is, it's like thin. That's a great yes. one to go on the grill. I love real flank, flank steak. Flake steak? Flank steak. Our brains are both going to mush here, but yeah, oh just, um, definitely lower fat um, is is going to help to reduce the, those flare ups. Um, using number two, cut larger pieces of meat into smaller or thinner pieces to reduce cooking time. So um, unlike yeah. the pork chops you talked about <laughs> that are two inches thick, those are just going to require longer cooking and and higher risk there for the carcinogenic compounds. So um, cut those like into two thinner cuts. Uh, number three, use indirect heat. So I do this a lot. You can turn off the burner that's directly beneath the food and kind of just keep the burners around it on. So you're getting that internal temperature, but not the direct heat source. Um, okay. number four, if you use a grill with a lid, consider leaving it open to regulate the temperature more closely. Again, if you struggle like I do with, uh, the grill getting to 600 degrees, <laughs> like any split, that's a good one to kind of rely on. You can even take like a metal um, something and kind of just gap it just a bit. Um, is that a term? Like you're making a cheesecake. You know, when you make a cheesecake and you stick like a wooden spoon handle in the oven, just to like slowly yeah. bring the temperature down. Yeah. yeah. Like you're making a cheesecake. Um, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. If I'm slap happy at this time of night, if possible, <laughs> raise the grates. So assuming they move, uh, mine actually do not lower or raise, but if yours do, you can raise the grates of the grill to again, reduce flare ups and you can keep a water bottle. I thought this was a great mm -hmm. tip. Keep a water bottle handy, uh, just to control, just to spray. Okay. Um, cause if you've got, especially if your grill is more full, uh, the flare ups tend to kind of one starts and then they kind of continue. Uh, do not overcook your meat. So start with yeah. room temperature meat. Are you good about that? 
Well, I mean, it just sounds like an obvious statement. Do not overcook. I don't know that I'm good at it, but yeah. And it makes well, what sense about if you're start... making steaks? Do you take them out of the fridge like an hour before? <laughs> I don't know that I always do. I feel like I do. I feel like I do. You know, I live with a with a food safety crazy man. So <laughs> if it's sitting out on the counter for too long, he'll freak out. So, but I do. I think I do try to get it from temperature as much as possible. Yeah. Um. That is Mark. Mark is a, like a food Nazi too in that way. He's like just bacteria. Oh my gosh. You can't leave the yes. meat sitting out. Uh, but it, it, it just ensures even cooking. Uh, and uh-huh. that just kind of makes sense. So take your steaks out 30, 60 minutes before you're going to cook them um, and consider eating meat that is rare or medium rare, like we said, mm-hmm. uh, while still reaching those safe internal temperatures. Yep. Uh, you can use number seven, use a foil as a barrier between the grates um, of the grill and whatever. It, I said meat, but whatever you're cooking. Yeah. Um, Fish, yeah. poultry, yeah. And if you want kind of a hybrid approach, you can poke holes in the foil. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a nice way to still get maybe a little bit of that higher heat um, and that flavor that goes along with it without the char. Um, grill fruits and vegetables. They do not produce the HCAs or the PAHs um, because they mm-hmm. don't contain the animal-based proteins. So yeah. um, that is an important takeaway. Like I love grilling peaches. Have you ever had peaches? Yeah. Or vet, yeah, grilled peaches. Yes, we had, I had a big demo when I worked at Market District, Giant Eagle, with grilled peaches for a long, long time. Um, I remember that recipe used to always come up when I worked there. But I was going to say not just vegetables and fruits, but just veggie burgers. I mean, if you if you don't yeah. want to, or veggie hot dogs, that wouldn't create those HCAs and PAHs. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you, do you guys have like a grill basket that you use? Uh, yes. With the holes in it. Yes. You can kind of like, it's like a skillet for the grill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, our last one kind of just got old and yucky. So we just got a new one. Oh my gosh. There. I just love that thing. It's, it's the best. Um, marinades. I love this tip. Marinades can reduce HCA levels by as much as 90% in grilled chicken and meat. Um, and obviously they add a ton of flavor. So use about a half a cup of marinade for every pound of meat, poultry, or seafood. So I realized, of course, that the marinades reduced the levels, but I did not know by 90%. That's yeah, remarkable. That. Mm-hmm. Um, so do that. It's like a protective barrier. Yeah, it's like a meat condom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. On that note, <laughs> maybe Brian can edit that one out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number 10, Nicole, mostly for Nicole. Clean your grill before and after each use as it can yeah. be a source of HCA and PHA formation. Ooh. So remove those burn pieces, Yikes. which I did do a good job of, um, which okay. is I just didn't remove it from underneath. Um, but yeah, scrape off with like the metal scraper brush. Um, any burnt pieces and drippings, uh, especially from the rack that, of course, that comes in contact with the food. And then learned this as well. Once it's completely cooled, remove uh, the grill racks and you could just soak, soak them in hot soapy water and scrub. Um, and it's mm-hmm. recommended that you do that every three months. Oh, boy. Okay. And that seems like a lot of work because a l- many people don't use their grill that often. It's Well, I think if you're not using it a lot in that three-month period, you're you don't have to do it every three months. I mean, if you use your your grill once a month, you probably don't need to clean it once every three months. If you're using it once a week, maybe, right? Yeah. It's like when you get your oil changed. You don't need to get your oil changed every six months if you're only driving like 10 miles a day. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. So tell us a little bit about the 2020 Dietary Guidelines for Americans with regard to meat. 
Oh, good Lord. I didn't even see this until just now. Um, I honestly couldn't even tell. So they haven't come out yet. I did go to that, uh, the conference that had the whole presentation on what is going to be coming out in 2020 dietary guidelines. And there wasn't really much with regards to meat. I do know that they're putting a lot more emphasis on, you know, non-animal protein sources. So vegetable um, patties, vegetable uh, burgers and hot dogs, things like that. Um, I don't know about any specific recommendations with regards to meat. Sorry. So charring on grilled meats, Gina, what's it called? Uh, no. Okay. I was thinking about this. I feel like I might've been pronouncing it wrong. I think I said Maillard, Maillard reaction, but it might be Mallard. Did I say it right? Is it Maillard reaction? I think it is actually the Mallard reaction. I think, yeah, I think Mallard actually is. This is coming from the girl pronounced. that says tikka masala. So I know you're, you were saying tikka masala and I was saying Maillard. We just can't speak English clearly. It's Maillard or Mallard. It's one of those. I think it's Mallard. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. Well, so as Gina alluded to, I think two episodes ago, Uh uh, because she is a big chemistry nerd and retains all sorts of information that I never would. But basically, it's the chemical reaction um, that involves amino acids and simple sugars that produces that desired and well-known kind of grilled flavor for our foods. Um, And basically... In the end, it creates what's called advanced glycation end products or what's commonly referred to as AGEs or ages. Um, And those are harmful. So they're glycotoxins that result from cooking foods at those higher temperatures, such as during grilling. And what happens is they accumulate in the body as people age. And as we've kind of talked about on a couple episodes now, um, inflammation. So these AGEs are linked to inflammation as well as insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, among several other chronic diseases. So um, we know that these AGEs are things that we want to lessen our consumption of. So um, that Mallard reaction, you hit the nail on the head, Gina. I don't know how you retain this stuff. (laughs) Um, But what we know is that animal-derived foods that are high in fat and protein are generally um, age-rich, Uh, and prone to new age formation during cooking. So in contrast, carbohydrate-rich foods, like we talked about fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, milk, uh, your uh, vegetarian protein sources like beans, uh, they contain relatively few AGEs even after cooking. So that's where if you want to emphasize some grilled foods in your diet, it would be potentially from something that isn't meat. Uh, get okay. creative. So while the body naturally rids of AGEs, it's important not to overwhelm um, our systems with overconsumption that can lead to that accumulation. So using an acid-based marinade um, can really help uh, reduce the AGE levels while in- enhancing flavor. So we mentioned that earlier. That said, do you have kind of a go-to marinade product or recipe or any tips in selecting or preparing a marinade? It's really funny with your whole intro to this topic. I'm like, why do we even grill? <laughs> I mean, you've got AGEs, PHEs, whatever O's, E's, H's. I'm really glad that you though... Um, obviously gave us a whole list of 10 things that we can do to prevent all those things. So thank you. I, it was a good reminder. I know I've, I've, I've read all that before that nutrition action newsletter that I've talked about before uh-huh. always has things about grilling and um, all these AGE stuff all the time. They always talk about it. So I've, I've learned a lot of this stuff, but I, I appreciated that reminder. So marinades. Yes. So important. 
I don't have a uh, a favorite go-to product. I will say, though, things that I like in my marinade include soy sauce, ginger. Now that I can eat garlic, garlic, and then some type of a citrus like lime or, you know, orange zest, lime zest, lemon. Uh, I know I recently had flank marinated in honey, soy sauce, ginger, garlic, olive oil, and lime, and it was just delicious. We had that on a Memorial Day. It was so, so good. So that sounds about you. Okay. I don't want to put you on the spot with um, cooking, but (laughs) acid um, Uh in a marinade also is a tenderizer. Correct. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Okay. Yes. Good job. (sighs) All right. You know. Going back to food chem here. But yeah, I, I think the acid serves dual purpose from uh, be obviously huge flavor, but also as a tenderizer. So as we're encouraging these leaner cuts of meat, people are going to say like you, I don't want jerky once it comes off the grill. So using that acid in the marinade can really help to get good results. So um, yes. I would say on veggies, I'm super basic. I'm into right now in my new grill basket on my new clean grill, uh, just olive oil, red wine, vinegar, salt, pepper, garlic, like super, super basic. And then I'll change it up. I'll do a different vinegar. I'll use like a real, like an aged balsamic or maybe one that I even simmer down and reduce. Um, Mm -hmm. so yummy. Um, yeah, I would say that those are some of my favorite marinades, but I agree with you. If I'm doing some type of a meat, uh, I really love the kind of that soy sauce, ginger, garlic, citrus mm. mix. Um, and mm. kind of our go-to right now is, you know, I love Aldi and all the great buys that we get. I can buy a bottle of Italian dressing for 99 cents and I can put two pounds of chicken breast in a bottle of Italian dressing, marinate it. That is some of the most tender, delicious chicken. It is so good. And then I'll slice it all up. And I'll throw it on salads throughout the week, throw it in pastas, whatever. It's, I would say just Italian dressing is a great marinade. Easy. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yep. And sometimes cheaper than buying like an actual marinade. Um, okay. So what's one of the most unique foods that you've made on the grill? Mm-hmm. First, I want to say I do love beef jerky, by the way. It's like one <laughs> of my favorite foods ever. Uh, uh, just not when I want to eat a juicy steak. Okay. My most unique foods. I... Uh, this is boring. I did try grilling romaine once. Honestly, it didn't turn out as good as I was hoping. That's not really even unique anymore. It's kind of old school at this point. I would say I made something really fun. It was a chicken with peanut sauce and foil with sweet potatoes. And I will include the link on our show notes. It was really good. It was a clean eating magazine recipe. Also, have you ever had... And again, this might be something that everyone has done and I'm just the last to know about it. Grilled wings instead of fried. Yes, I have. Okay, okay. I feel like they're somewhat new, maybe in like the past five years. So I had them for the first time three years ago when I was pregnant with Cameron. We went on a trip to Charleston, uh, South Carolina and we went to a restaurant called, I think it was like Minerva or Monero perhaps and ordered their, um, I think it was a taco place possibly, but they also had grilled wings. And I was like, okay, I'll order these. I love wings. Both Nick and I, we just love wings, but I'd never had them grilled before. And they were literally the best wings I have ever tasted. So I've tried to recreate them. And actually I'm going to try again this weekend. So grilled chicken wings is what we're trying on the grill this weekend. And I know that's not necessarily unique, but maybe you've never thought about putting wings on the grill. And let me tell you, 
They're delicious. I've never tried them myself, but I'll let you know how they turn out this weekend. Yes. Sounds delicious. Yes. Um, I would say for me, homemade pizza, like on the grill, just yeah, a awesome. like a personal size. So it's a little bit easier to flip, but it had a really great flavor. Um, yeah, just fun. Yeah. Definitely fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very important question. Okay. Burger, brat, or hot dog? Yeah. So this was really tough for me. I think it depends. <laughs> like always. I would generally, if I was just going to give you my answer straight up, it would be burger. Okay. That's what I typically crave. But if I'm at a ball game, obviously hot dogs. And that's really the only time I ever get a hot dog is if I'm at a baseball or a football game. So yeah. burger. Okay. I always love a good burger, but I love Browers. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. No, I do too. I do I wish too. I I'll give you I mean, there's basically Why? no nutritional merit to a brat. Um, Protein? so good. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, Lots same. of AGEs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, you know, once it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sometimes food, you know, and yeah. they, they taste all the better because I don't eat them every week. Um, yeah, you know, love a beer... A beer boiled brat is delicious. So you could even skip the AGEs and put it in a pot of boiling beer. There you go. Uh, no, I think I want the AGEs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, once in a while, once in a while, that brat tastes good. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a beer battered brat. I feel like they're oh, beer battered so and then you grill them. No. Like you, you mean you beer boiled? Them? They're not yeah. battered. Oh my gosh, Bush, mushy brain. Wait, it's okay. So, okay, now I'm confused. Really confused. More confused. All it is is you take raw brats. Okay, so usually when we buy the brats, they're raw, and then you can either throw them on the oven, or I'm sorry, on the grill, or you can boil them. You could probably there's other things you could do with them too, but those are the two things. But you actually do. boil them in beer. In beer, yes. I think I've heard of this, but I thought yeah. that that was almost like. The flavor that went in before they were cooked, kind of a thing. It like could they be. were sold and marketed that way. It could be. You could you could certainly do that. You could cook it in the beer and then, you know, kind of finish it off on the grill, which would again reduce all your AGEs and HCAs because yeah, you're pre-cooking you have to cook it. it longer. Yeah. 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 Huh. So you could do it that way. Because if you still want to get the char of the brat, which let's be honest, does make it taste better, you could certainly do that. So boil it in the beer and then throw it on the grill for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Your next brat. I learned something new today. (laughs) All right. What is your approach, if any, with regard to meal planning and protein sources? Like, for example, do you vary your animal and vegetarian protein sources, have meatless Mondays? Like, how do you approach that in Casa de Forrester? Oh, boy. (laughs) I definitely fly by the seat of my pants. I put together sort of a week of meals, which usually includes like three recipes. Okay. And then I sort of just add, pick and choose what I'm going to throw in there in between those days, right? I don't think much about my protein sources. I know that, for example, Memorial weekend, we ate a ton of processed meats and beef. So that week after that, I aimed for more vegetarian for a while. So I, you know, the kids ate those Morningstar nuggets. We had um, like tempeh sloppy joes one night, which, you know, both the kids didn't necessarily love, but, you know, I tried uh, you know, veggie pizza, stuff like that. Um, my kids really aren't big meat eaters. So my goal is to always offer a protein of some sort, a vegetable and maybe a grain, but usually it's just a protein and a vegetable. My kids just don't eat that much, especially not at night. Their lunch is their biggest meal. 
and then always milk. Uh, if I think they've had too much processed meat, like I said before, or too much pork or beef lately, I'll give them a vegetarian protein source. And that really is the same with both Nick and I as well. Uh, I'm still working on boosting our fish intake. We've been doing a lot of shrimp lately, but I know we could do better because shrimp, while it's good, it doesn't have the most like things like omega-3s, for example. So I'm trying to do more things like cod or halibut or salmon, which typically I'm the only one that eats if I make salmon, unfortunately. So I'm trying, I, but you know, I don't put a whole lot of thought in it. I, I generally kind of fly by the seat of my pants, like I said before, but I do meal, meal plan. And I do think about sort of what we had the week before when I'm putting together my next week's meals. Huh. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm a bit more methodical. I would say I aim for one vegetarian meal a week um, and one seafood meal. But otherwise, we just kind of naturally gravitate towards more poultry. Red meat or pork is mm. maybe two to three times a month when cooking at home. Um, I might eat it more when dining out. But I would say I also use what's on hand in the freezer. So um, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon that we do a fish and a shrimp. I don't know. I would say... When I say seafood, I probably mean like shrimp or scallops and then we do a fish as well. And then one mm-hmm. vegetarian and then like two poultry usually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we do a lot of chicken. Yeah. Or turkey. Yeah. Which is good. I, yeah. It's so versatile. You can use it yeah. anyway, exactly. any which way. All right, Gina. I, I actually tried to give, sorry, Paige no. an Impossible Burger the other day and I thought she would love it and she did not like it. What? I was, you can't I tell know. the difference. She could. <laughs> Interesting. She ate, you know, I think I just didn't cook it long enough um, because she did eat it one time. But of course, that's just classic kid move right there. They'll eat it one day and then not the next. I I just don't think I cooked it all the way through. I don't think I cooked it well enough uh, the other day when I made it for her. So, And I think that that does make a difference in the taste. So I'll try it again. We've got tons of them. Nick bought literally like 20 cases of, I don't even, they were on sale where he works. So he's like, I bought 20 cases of Impossible Burger. Yeah, that's funny. I like them. <laughs> I like them a lot. Um, Any mom wins, favorite new products or recipe? Yes. Okay. So I was at the grocery store the other day and I picked up randomly because I thought they looked like fun. They're called, oh gosh, now I've lost. Okay. Bear. Bear. I think it's just the brand name is Bear, but it's called a yo-yo snack. Yo-yo, Y-O-Y-O. And and I believe the brand name is Bear, B-E-A-R. I'm going to include a link in our show notes, but it's two little, like they look like yo-yos of dried fruit, like a dried fruit, um, like flat out, but it's kind of thick and, but it's really thin in, um, it's, I can't even describe it. I can't even describe it. It's not like a fruit roll-up, but it's a yo-yo, and it's a little bit thicker than a fruit roll-up, but also really thin. It's thin in, uh, how, how do I describe it? It's a little bit thicker in thickness, but thin in, is it length? Anyway, you'll have to look it up on Amazon, the link that I provide. I'm not giving a good description. I bought them thinking maybe the kids will like them. They're sort of obsessed, and these things are not that cheap, I will say. It, you, I think you get like five for maybe four fifty, So it ends up kind of being a waste of money, but they love them. It counts as a serving of fruit. So it makes me happy. It's a good, simple thing to throw in their lunches. I found them on sale the other day for a dollar off. So 
I don't know, check it out. See if maybe it's something you're interested in buying for your children or for yourself. I tried them. They're pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I thought they were kind of fun. It was just fun. And it came with like this little uh, card with, you know, a little fact on there. It's kind of fun for kids, a little learning education piece. So yeah, check it out. Oh, they sound good. What about you? Yeah, they're good. Um, I was in, my dad's been in the hospital. Um, he oh. was in for 10 days. Yeah, he had back surgery and he oh, was supposed to get discharged. He, he went in on a Thursday. He was supposed to leave on Saturday. He did not get discharged until the following Sunday. So oh, I had gosh. gone to Chicago <laughs> thinking that we were going to go pick him up from the hospital. That didn't happen. So instead I went um, on a long run with my mom. She biked and I went to Trader mm, Joe's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So spent like, um, $300 at Trader Joe's, but, and, and got nothing so perishable, easy. nothing perishable or frozen. <laughs> it was just all pantry goods. Uh, but oh, I did. That's what TJ's is known for. Come oh on. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you probably have heard of it then. They have this mixed nut butter. Okay. No, you haven't heard of it. Um, is it, is it in like a smaller jar, like a plastic Trader Joe's jar? Yes. Yes. I have, I've seen it. Yes. So I, my best friend asked me to pick it funny. She lives there and she's like, will you pick me up one? I was like, sure. I'll drop it off to you. Um, like, oh, that's so nice. I know. I know. Well, she listens to the podcast now, so I'll do nice things for okay. her. Okay. Um, but it has, <laughs> has she um, left us a review yet? <laughs> um, good question. Uh, get on I'll, that, I'll sister. Start, I'll start harassing her for that. Uh, but it's got almonds, cashews, walnuts, Brazil nuts, hazelnuts, and pecans. And okay. so she recommended it. It's really good. Really, yeah. really, really good. Okay. Yeah, I'm a fan. Love it. All right. All righty. Um, look at that. Two episodes in a row and two products in a row. So yeah. Out of myself. Look at that. <laughs> so impressive. I know. It's like I go shopping or something. Um, <laughs> actually, I did go shopping uh, for the first time since Mar- uh, March. Yeah. Um, okay. So read a review. I know. Crazy. Mary Lynn S., one of my faves. It says, I started listening to this podcast only for about the past two months, started from the beginning, and I haven't stopped. I really enjoy hearing these two ladies talk about their experiences and education in the dietitian world, as that's something I dreamed of and still do of doing for a career, because I do have a passion for it, but also love listening to these ladies talk about the reality of feeding ourselves and our families. With the struggle of picky eaters and maintaining healthy living, this podcast is such a refreshing and relaxed conversation I enjoy being a part of. Keep up the great work. So nice. nice. I love that. All right. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Coming up on June 20th, we will be dishing up our next taste test. And Paige is already super excited for this. It's ice cream and frozen novelties. So, and I'm, of course, excited as well. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds and you don't even have to write anything. Just fill out the stars. All right. Until next time, everyone, be well. And Nicole, I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye. 